0: It's, it's hot and I'm sitting here in my booth. So uh, take a guess what article of clothing I'm not wearing while I'm in here because it's it, way too hot.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> I This feels like a trick question because I feel like the right answer is like
0: no clothes, right? You'd be pretty close. You have to be wearing nothing. Okay. Yeah. Underwear? No, I am wearing underwear. I'll give you that. Okay. I'll give you that But one. that's it? Uh, I, I do have shorts too. I got some shorts. Oh, but no shirt. Yeah, I don't got nothing else. <laughs> it's too oh, okay, hot. okay. Well, I mean, that's more modest than I expected. Yeah. So yeah, hey. yeah. I mean, I, I could have I could have just gone straight banana hammock for this. You truly session. could. We're not we're not on video chat right now, so I would never have known. Did you can you hear the difference in my voice? Do I sound different this episode than other episodes? Like, like do I more sure? Do I sound lighter? Uh maybe
1: you sound a little cooler. Not cooler, cooler in the sense of like, oh, what a cool guy, okay. but like, <laughs> oh, I'm not, I'm, a little, I'm not as high. Oh, uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Not just put on some sunglasses and popped a collar cooler. That's not what you mean. R- not, not until you reach Zingief level fit, Ugh, and then I'm getting there. I, I'm trying. Then you can never
1: wear a shirt again. I'm trying so hard. And you have to only have a mohawk all the time. A
0: fauxhawk, I guess it is. Yeah. It, well, he's got a mohawk. I think I'm, I'm pretty close to this point. What's the difference? the difference? The difference, well, the difference, uh, a mohawk is when the sides are completely shaved. Like, it's just skin. The faux hawk, you still have hair on the sides. Oh, I thought a faux
1: hawk was just like a smaller mohawk.
0: Well, I mean, a lot of times it's generally smaller because it's like, it's those dudes that don't want to commit to it. And they just like, they've got the shorter hair and they just kind of spike it up in the middle. And then they don't want to commit to the full shave on the sides because they're they're cowards, Joseph. Yeah, And and then they start their their own TV shows about ghost hunting and wear affliction shirts (laughs) and they scream Uh, at ghosts. And they pound Monster Energy drinks while they do it.
1: Okay, so confirming that Zangief indeed has a mohawk, not a
0: faux Yeah, moral of the story, yes. And that's why I'm only wearing shorts. Welcome to the Nerd Sloth Podcast. We're two lazy nerds talk about whatever we got the energy for. My name's Chris. I'm Joseph, and Joseph's fully clothed as far as I know. I am. Yeah, for now. Um, I don't have socks on. Oh dang! Why would anyone wear socks in no, the house? And plus, it's too hot for socks. Too hot. Um, that's true. Speaking of things that are hot, I, I don't really have a good transition for that. But, uh, you. My friend, you just went and saw uh here we go. You just saw one of the hottest movies of the summer. Uh Barbie. That yeah, that one. I was well, I did see Barbie also. Yeah, I was gonna but say, but I know the what you Ninja were Turtles. <laughs> yeah.
1: But but okay. <laughs> I saw both.
0: But here, let me do this. Let me do this real quick. Uh I have a child and will not be able to go see movies for a little bit, uh, unless I start getting some babysitting stuff. Um, which maybe I, I will be able to. I want to because I want to go see both of those real bad. But if you could give your spoiler-free um explanations and reviews of Barbie and Mutant Mayhem, please do so. Uh, let's cue up Barbie
1: first. With Barbie, I went in with no knowledge of what the movie actually was because I'm not trying to read... A Barbie doll. You know, reviews or articles or anything like that. Yeah. So I went in thinking, like, this could be a kid's movie for all I know. It definitely was not. <laughs> I'll say that much. Okay. Uh, it's, um, I'm not saying it's like crazy, like adult or anything, but it's for a more mature audience in that it covers some more, uh, I guess, intense topics, very topical things to really. You're doing a real good job of being vague. Yeah, I'm trying to be super vague. O- okay, just go in with not knowing what to expect, and I think you'll be pleasantly
0: surprised, because I know I was. As far as like content, is it more akin to... Because um, I didn't see what the rating was. Is it more akin to like, oh, yeah, this is definitely a family film, or is it more like a... um you know, like Will Ferrell, Anchorman style level of humor where it's like, yeah, kids would probably laugh at this stuff, but it's a, quite a bit more adult than, you know, you might want your kid to go to. It, I don't think it's so adult. It's PG-13. Okay. So
1: okay. Just if your kid's less, you know, under 13, they probably, I mean, it's not so like, there's nothing that that is going to like openly offend them or anything, but they just wouldn't really understand it. So I don't think if you have a kid that's super into Barbies, I don't know that they would get much out of this movie, maybe visually, but that's about it. They wouldn't the, I think the, the context would really go over their heads. Okay. Yeah. So it, it was a better movie than I expected it to be since I went in knowing nothing.
0: Any surprise, um, folks in there that you didn't expect to see. I, I know a lot of folks that are in the film, but like, and you don't have to say who the, they are, but where did you get a lot of like pleasant surprises or, or anything that really um stood out to you where you're just like, Oh man, I never would have seen that coming. Uh, I mean, yeah, there were some good surprise guests uh
1: there who were just there for maybe just a few moments, sure. not really big roles. Um. Yeah. I guess like keep a lookout for the mermaids is what the I'll mermaids. say. That doesn't okay. Yeah, that doesn't really spoil anything, but there's a fun guest star there.
0: Okay, that's something that sound, I like. That that sounds cool. I, you know, I didn't even think about that, but like there's so many different Barbie toys that I ass- I guess everybody's probably a different version of a Barbie doll because there are like Barbie mermaids. So I guess that makes sense, you know, if they're all in like a self-contained world. So then I'm assuming there's like a, a shopping mall style one and there's like a Malibu. I remember that being a big one when we were kids. Um, there, there are so many
1: Barbies um, <laughs> of different sorts and uh, a lot of great nods to like canceled Barbies or Barbies that were like discontinued for various reasons. Okay. So I guess the thing to point out is like, all the Barbies that they mention in this movie are real Barbies, even if it seems like no way that's real. They it are. was a real Barbie. Wow. So, yeah, take that for what you will. Cool.
0: Okay. So I'm guessing that there's some weird stuff. and, yeah. and <laughs> There's some weird stuff. Yeah, There's stuff that you would be like, okay, I got to look up the trivia on this later. And then you see, oh, man, that actually was one. Why, why would they do that? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what happened. After I saw the movie, I looked it up. I was like, "Can I get this
1: Barbie? <laughs> I kind of want it if I can find
0: it." So, you as a a 37-year-old uh wait, 38-year-old now, 38-year-old yep. man, this movie made you want to go home and possibly buy a Barbie doll? <laughs> well, for the for the comical aspect of it, yes. Right. But yeah. but it did its huh? job in that somehow this movie <laughs> made a 38 year old man think oh man i wonder if i can get that barbie doll yeah
1: no it would be hilarious to have this one that i'm talking about cool and it's a it's a kindle actually but oh okay yeah
0: if you ever see it you'll you'll know what i'm talking about so if you were going to rate that this movie uh 1 to 5 what would you what would you rate this
1: one that's tough because like the subject matter is interesting and goes in some some weird directions. I would say probably a good solid
0: 4 out of 5 for me. How about this? Let's let's do this. Give me a 1 to 5 rating as far as entertaining and then a 1 to 5 as far as like um like an important piece of art. Mm. Does that make sense? Is it is that better yeah, to differentiate the two? I guess so. Yeah, I mean as far as like its importance
1: goes I think it would probably be a five as far as the message that it's sending. Okay. Um, Entertainment wise, probably a four, Um, but it, it did have me laughing quite a bit. So it's there, there weren't any really slow moments or anything.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so, w- well worth it. So instead of doing like Barbenheimer, you did Barbie. And then when it yeah, came out, can't, you, you did Ninja Turtles Meeting Mayhem instead.
1: Yeah. I don't care enough about the meme of. Barbenheimer to go see oppenheimer because that's not <laughs> something that interests me personally sure. and i'm not willing to spend three hours in a theater for something that i'm not that interested in it, just it's to a complete
0: the meme you don't want to do it for the memes i i don't think i would either i'm interested in seeing both of those films but like not in the theater you know like oppenheimer to me is not a that's a like oh is it streaming somewhere oh okay uh, it's it's only like this much on Amazon. I guess I could rent that tonight. Or, oh, hey, it's free on Netflix. Sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, and I'm not saying that it's probably
1: not a great, well-shot movie, but like movies that are covering history are just not super interesting to me. I enjoy more fantasy stuff.
0: Well, you say you enjoy fantasy stuff, Yeah, I still have not been able to get you to watch either Lord of the Rings or or Harry Potter. I enjoy reasonably
1: timed fantasy stuff. Oh uh, God. not three hour movies. Hey. That's that's hard. That's tough for me. I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna get you to do Lord of the Rings. I'm gonna One I'm day. gonna trap you. You're not gonna see it coming. And then it's gonna be over and you're gonna be like, Oh man, why did I you're wait for so you? You're gonna have to
1: clockwork orange me and just pry my eyes open. Yeah. And force me to watch or it, or
0: I just remove your eyelids completely. No, don't and do that. Because that, that would be easier. Because then I don't
1: have to like hold them open. That's more work for I, me. I feel like okay. Well, let's just not do that, and I'll just watch it one day, Meh. and we'll go from there.
0: We'll see. Um, so, Mutant Mayhem. How the uh, uh, do the same for that? Like, uh, how how did that go? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mutant Mayhem was.
1: You know, I'd seen some trailers for it, just seeing other movies, and uh, it was as entertaining as I was expecting it to be. Oh, right. I'm so glad that they had actual kids or teenagers play the teenage mutant Ninja Turtles, which is... What a concept. Never happened before, as far as I know. No, you're because very it right. Just, it just made sense. Yeah. And it felt right, and they just were acting like teens a lot of the times and so it just tracked a lot better um and uh yeah it was hilarious uh all of the like voice acting was great it was you know uh Paul Rudd's in there as Mondo Gecko and he was super funny
0: I'm so happy Um, they brought Mondo Gecko into something because that was probably my favorite like uh, I want to say one of my favorite characters from the original like uh, series of things, mainly because of the toy. Uh, I always loved Mondo Gecko. So just the idea of him coming back in in another form is fantastic for me. Yeah, It was a good mixture of comedy
1: and action because like while a lot of it was played for laughs, when there was action, it was really well done. Like I was going to say shot, but really well like animated. And was, uh, I don't know, just what you would expect from a Ninja Turtle movie, basically. Cool. Yeah. Uh, So that one definitely worth checking out also.
0: I've seen a lot of folks kind of compare it to Into the Spider-Verse because of the animation style. Do you think, and this is just your opinion, do you think that they lean too far towards that? Or do you think it feels completely different? It feels way different. I think people who are
1: comparing the two are just looking at it in like, a, oh, this art is kind of more abstracted or whatever. Yeah, And it is, but it's not the same kind of art at all. Like, it's very, like, it's a lot looser, like, uh, almost sketchy in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And it's very appealing to me. I love that style. So I, I love Into the Spider-Verse and, you know, whatever also, but like it's completely different for me movie-wise. So I wouldn't make that comparison.
0: So what would you rate this one? Um
1: just from a pure like nostalgic like standpoint of I love the Ninja Turtles and uh I'm so glad that they're still around and <laughs> getting movies. I'm this one's a five for me personally. I don't know that nice.
0: everyone would rate it a five, but it's a five for me. Cool. Okay. I'll take that. I'll take a five. Um d- did it does it seem set up for, like, more? Do you think they'll do sequels oh, yeah. to this? Okay, cool. Yeah, there's there's some
1: good, like, post-credit stuff or mid-credit stuff. So oh, definitely okay. stick around for that. Yeah.
0: Cool. All right. So if you haven't seen it yet, you know to stick around through the credits to make sure. There you go. But as far as the version I saw goes, there's nothing...
1: Post-credit, because I waited all the way through. So you don't have to wait through the entire credits, but mid-credits, there is a stinger. mid credit,
0: wait till that. And then maybe stay through the rest of the credits, you know, just to see all the folks' names that worked on it, to show some appreciation, even though they can't see that you're looking at their names. But maybe they'll feel it in their hearts. Just, you know, don't overstay your welcome in their hearts, because then they might have heart conditions and you know that'll go real wrong
1: while you're waiting go around and you can pick off the extra popcorn or food parts that people have left behind and eat it
0: for yourself and eat it for yourself yeah no one else is there who's gonna stop you that's what i do not me heck yeah you know how much extra popcorn you can find at those things plus you get a lot you get all that extra floor seasoning oh Oh, man man. the the The
1: popcorn that we had yesterday was amazing. It was like Ninja Turtle specific popcorn. So, wait, because at Alamo Draft House, they do like themed things yeah. for some of the movies. I wish I movies. had one. Yeah, well, and so this one was uh, the popcorn had like pepperonis like Ugh. strewn about it, what? and also like pizza seasoning as like <laughs> the salt on it. Oh my god, it was so good.
0: Uh, I bet it tastes like those. Old- do you remember like back in the day, like when Pringles made like their pizza flavored Pringles for a while. I think Pringles still does that. They still make those? Oh my God. I haven't seen those for forever. I think even like... I haven't um, had Pringles
1: in forever, but there, there yeah, was, they
0: still do pizza Pringles. Oh my gosh. Like I just, when I think of like a pizza flavor, like an artificial pizza flavor, that's like where my head goes. Because it's it doesn't really taste like pizza, but it's got a very specific like taste to it that's kind of all of its own you know yeah it's like apple jacks yeah they don't taste like apple or jacks so I, and i've tasted I all know. the jacks so <laughs> every single one of you uh yeah but man that that reminds me too of like you would also sometimes you get those pizza scented things and i swear they they must use the same kind of ingredients cuz i remember i had like some pizza scented gack as a kid and did you see? It was nasty. <laughs> that for For the Ninja Turtle movie, they're also releasing a pizza scented Xbox controller. <laughs> oh man, I I saw something about that, but I didn't know if that was r- for real or not. You put it's in like real. a
1: cartridge, right? Yeah, it's you put a cartridge into the back of your controller. Oh, no! And it has like a pizza scent in it, and I guess it just kind of like. But sprays out pizza scent. This I don't is know. my
0: question, though. How how much has pizza smell artificial pizza scent improved since the early 90s? Because I haven't smelled artificial pizza smell since then. And back then it stunk. Like, it kind of smelled like vomit a little bit. Like, you wanted it to smell good, but it didn't. So, I don't know. Like I don't know. I don't think I want to get hit with a big whiff of stinky pizza while I'm, you know, trying to stop the flood as Master Chief or something. I don't know. That seems like a bad time, but... Maybe I'm it's feeling like
1: I'm feeling like it's going to be more akin to a pepperoni smell cuz yeah. when I think pizza like I think the smell of pepperoni so
0: like a smoked meat yeah a spicy smoked yeah. meat okay well yeah mm. that can make some sense what would be some other like like actually decent smells to put in like a gaming controller like when you're playing games uh, like what would, would actually be good marshmallow Give me a Ghostbuster game with a marshmallow expansion oh. scented thing. Now would you go toasted or just straight up marshmallow like you add a little bit of that smoky smell to it or
1: either or yeah uh, I just love the smell of marshmallows period yeah that um graham cracker crust delicious. Yeah, but what game would you pair that with? Oh, any, any other, game. <laughs> any
0: game ever? Yeah, okay.
1: That's just one of the best smells ever. Okay, so yes, any game.
0: Let's say you're playing. Uh, what were some recent games? Well, let's say you were playing um, Tears of the Kingdom. What what scent should be coming out of the thing between your hands as you're you know gliding through the air on something you built during that game? When
1: technology catches up. I think that it's
0: whatever you're cooking as Link over the little fire. Dang, now that's a good thought. That's a good thought process. So it's like, there's like a little CPU with a myriad of chemicals in your controller. And like, Uh no matter what you make, it like spews out that kind of little scent. So if you make one of those like... Um. Uh. What is it when you make something really nasty? Um. Uh, and they like blur it out. <laughs> that thing's gonna smell like straight butts. Oh yeah, yeah. That'll be like those bad jelly beans. Yeah. Oh man. Basically, that's what this would be. It would be like your controller shooting out the smell of those bad jelly beans, which I have nightmares I wonder, about.
1: Yeah. I. I wonder if like they could just connect something to your brain to make you think you're smelling something. So they wouldn't have to have like a collection of sense. They would just have to program it in there to trigger something. Oh, I'm in sure your brain that makes you think you're smelling.
0: The I'm thing. sure. I'm sure about
1: that. And I, I because so, in that way we could just be part of virtual reality.
0: Yeah. I saw somewhere recently that I think it was the military. It was, well, I know that they've been trying to do like, you know, like brain implants and stuff like CPUs. Um, U.S. military recently was doing um, some more testing with that, but involving AI with it. And I'm like, man, y'all are just asking for the laughing man from Ghost in the Shell with that shit. Like, <laughs> there's no way that ends well. But, you know, it is what it is. Um. There was, I'm trying to remember what game it was, there was some game that was supposed to be coming out recently, or at least it was being talked about, and and the developer was like, hey, we're making a haptic vest that you can wear so that you feel everything the character feels, but this is a game where you mm. can get, like, stabbed and stuff, and I'm like, this, no, <laughs> why would I want to do that? Um, I wish I could remember what it was. Um. I'm trying to find it real quick. It feels
1: like an either like a Call of Duty or Assassin's Creed or something.
0: Just one of those games. It's like a a real bro game. Yeah, I for some reason I wanted to say it was Assassin's Creed. Um, yes, it is. It's Assassin's Creed Mirage. Um, so let me. <laughs> this is such a bad idea. Um, okay. So it says the vest uses electrical. Uh, electric pulses to convey various sensations. Um, so instead, so it's not like a vibration, you know. It's not like your your good old fashioned rumble pack or the rumbles built into you, you know, current controllers and stuff. It's like a little shock, basically, you know, like when your dog's been naughty and you press the button and you shock the dog. It's like that but like all over your body. Like this thing covers your chest, your stomach, your back, your upper arms, um like your entire torso. Well, I mean, how else are you going to get good? Oh, there's guns in this game too. Oh, oh, great. So <laughs> So you can get you can uh you can play this game with all the the fun and sensation of being stabbed and shot in real time. So there you go. Uh, it's just taking it to the next level. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. This was something I always thought about like as a kid. I had this idea of like if they did that and then made it for like Mortal Kombat. Like you would probably just die. Like wouldn't you just go into shock? Cause it's like, Oh, you just feel the sensation of your spine being ripped out through your, your head. Uh, that's fun. No, uh, I just, I feel like
1: there's something to that though. Like, oh no, it's never going to be to the point. It's never going to be to a point where it's going to like, I know you're joking, but it's never yeah. going to be to a point where it's going to like, you know, actually hurt you. Sure. But that negative reinforcement could help to improve your, um, reflexes in a way, because, at that point it's not just your brain that's trying to react to it or your eyes it's your body as well so i think your body may adapt faster to these like negative impulses and hopefully at that point it will help you avoid being shot <laughs> being stabbed in the game this, this is, as frequently this is
0: video games is torture man <laughs>
1: this is uh no not torture a training. I mean it's training. Video game training. Training
0: through negative reinforcement which is a terrible yeah. idea. Oh boy. I mean I could I could see it working. I could see it working. But at what cost? At what cost, Joseph? innocence. Yeah. Innocence lost. We lose all of our innocence in this. Not that we haven't lost it already. That's fine. Mine has been long gone. Yeah. It. W- okay. So would you, would you wear one? If you could use it for I, any I mean, game, any game, would you do it? Yeah, that'd be
1: fun. It'd be interesting to try.
0: So what, what game would you try it with first? You have to try it with Elden Ring. Oh my God. <laughs> of course you would. Oh boy. So I'm trying to think of what's the worst that could happen. Well, a lot of terrible things. I think the first time we played it together, uh you accompanied me, you accompanied me through that little dungeon and it was like the very first thing you get into and I'm a complete moron and you turned off that thing that shoots the fire, like fire fountain and you're like, "Okay, come in here it's safe." And I was like, "Cool." And then I go to swing my sword out at a gargoyle, hit the fire fountain and turn that on and just barbecued us both. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> you could wear that haptic vest and then get the sensation of being burned alive. So there you go. That's fun. Oh, boy. But I bet I would never hit that thing again. <laughs> yeah, you would never do it. If, like if 10 minutes later, once you're done writhing on the ground, you'd be like, yeah, I will never do that again. I learned my lesson.
1: <laughs> oh man. Uh so so you saw the Batman movie that I'm forgetting the name of the oh, Cthulhu
0: yeah. Batman movie, right? Yeah, the doom that came to Gotham. That's what it was, yeah. I did. It was really fun. How was that? I liked okay. it a lot. Um, I I'll try to do the same thing you did. I will try to not spoil anything. Um, but basic premise is that um this takes place in like the kind of like early 1900s ish if not late 1800s but i think early 1900s um and you basically are are following bruce wayne and company he's got a um you know it's bruce wayne he's got some orphans with him why wouldn't he of course yeah he's out in antarctica um chasing a lead on um a missing expedition, and uh, he finds hints of something—something uh, something real big, bad, and evil—approaching, um, and has to head back to Gotham real quick to um, to do some more sleuthing and to prepare for what might be coming. So, um, yeah, this thing really melds. Um, a lot of stuff from the Batman universe that you collectively know as far as characters and especially like his rogues gallery. And that's my favorite part is seeing a lot of the rogues gallery of villains reimagined in this kind of um, 1900s Lovecraftian style world with like changes made to them and um, everything that entails. It is so imaginative and so fun um and and just seeing how it all plays out um batman suit looks real cool it's you know everything's really pulp fictiony um so in that way it still has a little bit of that um 90s batman the animated series feel because that played a little bit with the art aesthetic of like you know pulp fiction kind of things and art deco whereas this one does a little bit of that but then um you know, adds in so much of that Lovecraftian look. And, um, this was based on, um, a one-shot comic, um, or graphic novel that was done by Mike Mignola, um, of, you know, Hellboy fame and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. So the original was drawn in his style. And I read that first and absolutely loved it. So then when that, when the movie came out, I was like, all right, going to watch this, um, Ended up really, really liking it. There were some differences for sure that were a little, uh, like, just a little weird. Like, the the movie made just a couple changes, basically just in who um, Bruce Wayne, Batman, has accompany him. So, like, in the graphic novel, you've got um, Dick, Jason, and um, Tim. So in the movie, you have uh, you still have Dick, but then you have a totally different character who is Sanjay. But then later you find out like Sanjay's last name is Todd, but spelled differently. And I was Mm. like, well, that was kind of weird. Um, and then you have, um, basically like Cassandra Kane, but they change her first name so that she's not Cassandra. And I thought that was really weird too. I'm like, yeah. why, why just not use like that? I fine. use Cassandra Kane, She's great. I love her. But why did you change her name? I don't get that part. I don't get other than that. Interesting. Um, other than that weird change with those two, um, it's pretty spot on as far as bringing the graphic novel to life. And it's, it's really good. So I would definitely recommend it. It, it looks great. Um, it's got a really good story. A um, lot of horror to it. A lot of body horror for sure. So if you're a fan of that stuff, this will be right up your alley. Plus it's got Batman. Okay. Body horror Batman. Yeah. Got it. Big time. Big time. So and you'll see pretty much like almost and everyone from the rogues gallery that you can imagine. You'll pretty much see aside from like one that you would probably expect. But um, yeah. Hmm. So there you go. Okay. Yeah, recommend. So, recommend. Okay, cool. Yes. Um. Uh, real quick, though, you got to do another thing that I haven't gotten to do yet because my life's boring lately, I guess. You, <laughs> you finally got to jump into a little bit of Baldur's Gate 3, and I want to know what your first impressions are. I have gotten to play so
1: little Baldur's Gate 3 because of all the other stuff that's been going on in my life yeah. that it is comical um i think i've played five minutes of baldur's gate three <laughs> how was those five minutes though Oh, they were great okay. but like my first like hour and a half was spent trying to make a character because oh I'm my like, gosh i don't know what kind of character not that Did there's get- that many options as far as like customizations go which a part of me is grateful for because when you give people too many options and you let people adjust faces they just make monsters. And I <laughs> yeah. I, like I'm tired of seeing it. Like just, just grow up. You get so mad at um, me because I always make the grossest <laughs> monstrous looking dudes. So but that aside, like, so there's there's preset faces, like five or six per person for per, per uh race or whatever. And then um th- but there's 12 classes. And within those classes, there's like so many subsets or subclasses that overall, I think there's 48 total like classes you can be. Holy crap. So uh, me being as indecisive as I am, (laughs) that makes it even worse Yeah, with just its choice paralysis. So I still like even after playing the first like five or so minutes of it after I'm like, okay, I'm going to be this character, which was I chose a half elf druid. Okay. You like stepping away from it. Because I was gonna play yesterday, but then I went and saw Ninja Turtles instead. So good choice. Good uh, choice. I had an excuse for that. Sure. But so now I'm like, do I want to be a druid? Because like, there's so many options. It's so tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you texted me and you're like, help. I don't don't know what to play. Yeah. It's like, what should I be? I I told you to try Um, an Oathbreaker Paladin just because. I just feel like everybody's going to do an Oathbreaker Paladin because it's just like, it'd be hard not to because it's hard to keep that oath. And it's like, you're going to
0: just fall into that. The Oathbreaker is going to come for you. Uh, Yeah. I just want to see that. Well, and you can do some, like, I looked up some info on, like, some of the cool stuff some of the subclasses can do. And just, like, man, these subclasses are so powerful. Like, in other games like this, what's interesting is, like, you play a class, and, like, the subclass almost feels tertiary, where it's like, yes, you can be a subclass, but that barely has almost any impact on your overall gameplay. Like, if you are playing right. a, a druid and you're going to spec as, like, I, I don't know, like, some sort of wild magic or something or, or a spore, maybe you get a couple extra spells that you wouldn't have, and that's it. But, like, in this game, from everything I've seen, this is going total d d where it's just like, you can specialize and tweak that character so hard with those subclasses that it really can play totally different than someone of a different subclass. And I think that is incredible. uh, I love that when you have
1: like that sort of like option to like, even if we were both to play druids or whatever, maybe you're a beast form druid and I'm one of those like rot druids or the druid yeah. that's like focuses on poison yeah, and rot whatever. And stuff. Yeah, the spore druid. Yeah. And then that's like completely different. It's like a different class altogether, yep. which I love. I think that's awesome. Again, 48 different
0: classes. How do you choose? <laughs> How do you choose? Uh, maybe we should just have listeners choose for us. So I would love for somebody you, to just choose for me. Hey, That'd be great. Listen to this. Let us know what Joseph should play. And uh And don't I, say I know Oathbreaker what a breaker
1: paladin because yeah. I'm not doing it. Uh, yeah. I already know what I want to play. So are you gonna play your um, I'm gonna
0: make my very first character Shepherd? Yeah, I'm gonna make my character from D D from our old podcast Party in Peril. I'm gonna make Shepherd Black within Baldur's Gate. That is my goal. We'll see how can. he goes. Cause I can. Uh so um you can't do like uh, a multi class, which is what he was. He was a uh, fighter and um, warlock, so he was like a hexblade. But you can do the. You, you can do multi class. Can you really? Yeah. Oh, you got to be. You got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. Yeah, you can multi class in
1: this game. Well, so again, I'm making more, him to the options. T. Then
0: I'm gonna make him completely. I'm gonna. I'll make him exactly the way I was making him in the in our game then. So fighter, warlock. He's gonna be hexblade. He's gonna be using Pact of the blade for warlock. Oh yeah, oh that makes me feel so good. I was just gonna do warlock and use Pact of the blade because I didn't realize you could multi class. So yep. Oh my god. Oh so, yeah, my. I'm god, excited to Joseph. see. We gotta play together. You gotta oh. get the game. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm so excited to uh, to get into that and and give it a shot. I haven't been able to play like hardly any games lately, aside from. Um, mobile. I've been playing a lot of Vampire Survivors, which oh, okay. you know is a yeah, game. Yeah, you were showing me that you you beat death. Yeah, I killed. I killed death.
1: <laughs> I think is is that probably like the the hardest thing to do
0: in that game. I don't know. I don't think so. This is the thing that's wild about Vampire Survivors is like there are so many hidden things in that game, way more than you would expect. So like. The amount of hidden characters, hidden items, just boggles my mind. Which is why this game that came out years ago and has such a simple premise, it's become kind of my go-to when I'm like, you know, feeding the baby. So I've got like harassing on my arm with the bottle in one hand, other hand, you know, wiggling my little survivor around the map, killing some vampires, or other stuff. But um, yeah, I so I I killed death probably it might be the hardest but so after you kill death which there are different deaths but the the main death that comes after you is like the red death you kill him and then white death comes after you oh i don't think white death can be killed but i'm gonna try to find out because yeah that's your next goal so there's 140 unlocks i've unlocked 125 so i still got quite a bit to go and. As far as secrets, there are 15 secrets in there of which I've done five. So I still got quite a bit to to figure out. And like I've unlocked so many characters and some of them are like really hideous like monster <laughs> characters. Like I got this one this morning that was just this basically this huge gross ball of flesh with just a dude's torso kind of hanging off of it um didn't realize that was going to be a dude that I could play I just I ended up defeating him trying to do a um complete a secret which was um I think the secret was actually called discover the hidden secret at the bottom of like Gallo Tower so I just kept going south on that level south 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 and as I kept going down the screen kept getting darker and darker and darker to the point where it was getting hard to see stuff. And I was like, okay, something definitely is going on. So, okay, I I must be doing the right thing. And then that dude came after me. took a while to kill him, um, but I had a pretty decent loadout at that time. Um, After he died, the screen lit up again and everything was all bright. And I was like, oh, cool, 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 cool. So um, finished that run, went back to see like... um, all my unlocks and stuff. Cool. Went to uh, start a new run, went to the character selection screen. And I see the silhouette of this giant ball with something hanging off of it. I was like, what? So I unlocked it. And lo and behold, it was the dude I just beat. And he looks disgusting. (laughs) So that's great. Um, And yeah, after you beat the Red Death, you can also play as the Red Death, which is cool too. Oh, sweet. He's super fast, which is real fun. Um, So yeah, it's, there's just so many so many hidden things in there that make me keep coming back as far as like a you know it's as difficult as it can be it's just such an easy like um easy access ease of use game that you can play with you know a thumb so yeah i'm enjoying it the time i did
1: spend with that game was was fun i just kind of fell off of it after a while but i i unlocked quite a bit for it i did not beat death though i don't i didn't have the 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 will to do that i or the, even the knowledge that you could so
0: yeah well i use that you have to like, I figured out you have to get like, um, there's like certain items that you have to unlock and then you have to upgrade those items during your run. Um, along with, um, a couple other items, like normal items that you can get on your run and upgrade those at the same time. So it's like, you have to like get all the right things in place to even have a chance. So it was mm. just kind of like a whole lot of things that I learned over trial and error. Cause I can't tell you how many runs I've had. So, um, and it's free on mobile. So if you're looking for something to do, kill some time, there you go. It's free. Everyone likes free.
1: Right on. But yeah. Free to play games are often loaded with uh like pay-to-win things. So yeah. be on the lookout for that. Yeah. I don't think this one is though. This
0: one's not. Um And what's nice too is they have a DLC that you can purchase. I haven't gotten to that yet, but once I complete everything, then maybe we'll think about that DLC. But for now, I'm doing a lot with that free version. So, and so what,
1: so what is the, this is the mobile version you're playing, right? Yeah. So, what is the, the cost portion of it? Like, what's the, can you like enhance anything by paying anything towards it?
0: Um, so you, um... Or get ad-free or something like that? There. So there's no real ads except for if you die, you can, um, like once a run, you can... Oh, I think this is something you have to unlock, too. You can... You get faced with the button that says "Watch an ad to revive." That's just annoying, so I just quit. <laughs> oh, but that's really the only time you run into that's interesting. ads that I can think of. So, so it gives you a choice to watch the ad. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, but I don't. I, there's not like ads that interrupt your game or anything. So, yeah, hmm. okay. Vampire still Survivors
1: going, still going strong, still
0: surviving, yeah. still surviving. This, uh, this week you actually also got to do some voiceover work. In the studio, in a, a professional studio setting, which I definitely wanted to ask you about. Basically, just uh, want to know what your experience was like. Definitely not going to ask questions about the project itself um, because NDAs and all that good stuff. But what the uh, the studio situation was like, because everything I've done has always been in my little home booth and done remotely. But they actually had you come in and do something in person, which is an experience I haven't gotten to do yet. So, yeah. Tell me about about how that went. It went really
1: well, but I was nervous going into it like it's so easy to do it at home when you are your own voice director and you're like oh that was a bad take let me do it again let me do it again let me do it again yeah whatever but you don't have that luxury here someone is okay so the way that it was set up is you know you're in the the large like recording area and there's the window and then you can see everybody out there the um the audio
0: The engineer, engineer,
1: the voice director, and in this case, like the extra audience was the creators of the actual project that I was a part of. So there's some added pressure there. Yeah, no pressure.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah, there
1: are four people out there listening to me and like I can't hear anything they're saying until they push a button and or hold something down and like talk to me. So I after I do a line, I'm just looking out there at these people like talking to each other and I'm like, oh, God, how are they reacting to what I just did? Like, yeah. Do they like it? Do they not? And so like it, it was an interesting experience for sure. One, I'm hoping that I get to continue doing it seems from everything I've heard, like they thought I did great. They liked my performance. So I'm gonna be continuing these roles, assuming this continues. And uh yeah, I I had a lot of fun doing it, but there was definitely added pressure because you're you're kind of on the spot. And I um I, I know with experience and the more that I do it, the more comfortable it'll become, but it's kind of uh a little bit. Like nerve-wracking uh the first time. At least it was for me. Yeah. Not any fault of their own. They were super nice. Everybody was really cool about it, but just my own like uh inner, like um being just being self-conscious and having an audience while I'm trying to do a thing. And I had to sing a song, which is oh, a whole nother okay. thing. Yeah.
0: W- so, okay. I I man, I want to ask about that so bad, but I know I can't. <laughs> but I yeah, really want to I can't say
1: anything about I it, but I, I can just say that I sing a song and that was another first time experience for me. One of the questions that like the producer had asked me going into it, it's like, can you read sheet music? And I was like, no. And she <laughs> was like, OK, well, uh, I'm just going to send you this, um, the the general tune of it and just kind of memorize that and we'll go from there. OK. And so I had that tune memorized and it, it helped a lot. I'm glad that she sent that over to me. But yeah, they they just handed me a sheet of like the the words and sheet music, like actual notes. And I'm like, nope, I don't know what any of this says I'm just <laughs> going to read the words in the tone that I remember. And yeah. And, you know, they're listening to you sing it live also in a character voice. So it's a whole thing.
0: Yeah, it was wild. That sounds super fun. Yes. I haven't had that experience with voice acting, but I've had that experience with music before of, you know, being in the room. It's isolating in a way, but and kind of nerve wracking, but really fun. Um, I, yeah. I'm jealous of that experience. I, I, I'm sure that was really, really interesting.
1: It was. Yeah, I would 100 percent do it again i'm i I think it would be really fun to be in a situation where i'm doing it with other voice actors in the room also kind of like um talking to each other or you know performing with each other sure so i think that's like the optimal experience but this that wasn't the situation for me this time it was just me and four people watching and listening
0: did they provide you any water or apples?
1: Oh, yeah. They gave me a um, a, a thing of water for sure, but I drank through that so fast because I was so nervous. <laughs> oh, no.
0: You got to yeah. save it. You got to savor that sweet, sweet water I did taste. not savor it. I
1: <laughs> gulped it down. Oh,
0: no. Yeah. Uh, was there um, Was there anything that you felt like you absolutely just nailed when you were in there? Yeah, there were a couple moments where I really
1: felt good about it, and then there was one moment where I felt really good about it, and then they were like, okay, that was great acting-wise, but we needed you to do it at a lower tone. Like, that was too high-pitched, and I was like, dang it, I've been practicing this character as this high-pitched <laughs> oh, thing. Oh, no. Because that's what I thought that this character was. And then now I need to go lower, but in the, with the same sort of like acting chops towards it. Sure. So it's it's adjusting. It's it's interesting. Um, but it's also one of those things where like I'm not, you know, like I don't know if you do, but myself, like I always like to hear myself through my headphones when I'm talking on a microphone just yeah. because we've been podcasting for so long. That's always how I've done it. Mm -hmm. And the way that it is in the studio, you don't hear yourself through your headphones. You're wearing headphones so they can talk to you, but you're not hearing yourself. So as you're talking, you're not hearing yourself very well at all. So you're really just having to go kind of off instinct. Yeah, And you're, at least for me, like, I'm not able to adjust as easily because I can barely hear what I'm actually doing. So I'm hoping next time that I can turn it up just a little bit just so I can kind of hear myself what's actually coming through the mic. you know what I mean? Sure
0: yeah i I sometimes put a monitor on myself, but typically I don't. So typically, I'm not what? listening to myself as I record. I'm usually just recording something and then if I am not sure about a tone or a take or something i'll listen to the playback of it and kind of adjust from there like uh no i i think this character needs to be deeper and then i'll just make my adjustments from there before going forward and stuff but um yeah i usually i usually don't have a monitor
1: do you monitor yourself when you're podcasting like
0: right now are you hearing yourself no oh no I have to. I have to. I've never really done it. I only I started using a monitor a little bit when I first started voice acting. But I would get paranoid that um, because I have some hearing loss and I would have to turn things up. I was always getting paranoid that the monitor would get picked up by the microphone. So, so I stopped using it and I hardly ever use it. Um, Sometimes I'll first turn it on when I'm just starting out just to see if I'm sounding like how I think I sound and then I'll turn it right back off. But yeah, for the most part, uh, I don't. The only exception
1: to that is when I'm wearing um, like open ear monitors. Sure. Because in because the sound is literally coming out of the backs of them. So I can't be monitoring myself while i'm doing it but you get like a better um listen back quality when you are wearing those kind of um headphones just because like it's it's kind of like a better surround sound kind of feel to it yeah uh so that's the only time where i have to turn the monitoring off but even then like i'll have one one like ear part on and one off just so I can still have my headphones near me, but I I still need to hear myself in some way. Like uh, maybe that's just something I need to work on and try to like back away from is not being so intent on hearing myself as I'm doing it and maybe just start feeling it versus needing to hear myself. You
0: gotta feel it in your hearts. And your, you gotta feel it in my heart, in, in my throat. In your loins and your feet. You gotta have your feet firmly planted and that's where it starts. That's where you feel it. You gotta feel it in those foot tingles, you know. But moral and of the story
1: is, would definitely recommend if you get an opportunity to do a studio record, try it out, and that way you can see what I mean by being as as uh, nervous as I was. Yeah. with everybody watching you, and I'm I'm hoping it went well. So I, I guess I'll find out soon. I, I I'm supposed to be potentially going back this coming week for some additional. Um, doing some pickups at, or maybe lines, at least
0: songs. I know there's going to be
1: more songs. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I can't wait for the project uh, to be finished yeah. so I can hear it. I can't wait. Yeah. I, <laughs> we will. I'm very, once it's very out, nervous about once that. Once it's done yeah. and out and you know, um, released to the public, we will We will link it. We'll let everyone know so y'all can hear Joseph sing in character voices.
1: Yeah, that's you know what? Like, I just have to trust that they know what they're doing because it's even like it feels a little bit um vulnerable or I feel vulnerable because I'm like I'm not hearing what they're hearing I'm not getting to hear that played back to me so I'm like they say it's good I just have to trust them yeah when you're doing it from home you can confidently send something and be like okay I know this was my best take I'm gonna send this this is good I like it as it is with this it's just like okay we like that take let's move on it's like Oh no, like I hope it was the best take I had cuz like <laughs> they accepted it, you know.
0: The first singing gig I had, it was like a medieval fantasy-ish kind of setting and this character was sort of like a um I guess like a dark paladin kind of sort and he was he sang these hymns and he sang them like just really dark, really menacing. And so it would kind of go back and forth between like, you know, the quiet kind of solemn singing to like just this outrageous like bellowing because he's like about to start like killing folk. But like, he's like an evil dude. Like he's bad. He was was the villain in this thing. So it had to be super, um, you know, anime villain style over the top. So, yeah, it was. uh, So when you talk about how you felt vulnerable, oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) Like (laughs) having to sing and then hear yourself do that stuff when you are not someone that's used to singing. um, Yeah, dude, that (laughs) that really puts you in a spot and plays with your head a little bit. So, but yeah. But it can be fun you though know, it, yeah,
1: it was definitely fun. and you know if it works out, then great. i'm I'm hoping it does. Uh, and uh it it it's just never be afraid to try new things, I guess, even if it feels a little bit uncomfortable, you never know until you do it.
0: Those are usually the things that become the most fun is the ones that you're nervous about trying. and then when you're done, you feel amazing because you didn't think you could do it and then you did it. Right. And then you feel great. You proved yourself wrong. Yeah.
1: That's what, if you take anything away from this, it's just constantly try to prove yourself wrong.
0: Yeah. Prove yourself wrong and, and, and do something. I don't know. Anything coming up this coming week that you're looking forward to? Something I'm really looking forward to
1: is playing Baldur's Gate 3. I have been waiting all week to have some free time to do that. And I think I finally have some time. Right after we finish recording here, I'm going to jump in and I'm not going to jump out until probably work on Monday.
0: Yeah, so if I don't see or hear from you for like you know you, two and a half yeah. days, I know where to find you. <laughs>
1: yeah, you'll At know where Baldur's I am. Baldur's
0: Gate. Hey, let me know in if the you world see of um Gate. Boo in the Forgotten Realms. Yeah, tell me if you find Boo in there because I think he's uh, in there. The
1: uh, the gerbil or whatever yeah. Uh, hamster. Yeah,
0: yeah. I want to know if he's in there. I know the the dude is in there, but I haven't seen any um. Images of Boo yet. So if you find Boo, I want you to tell me because I need to know that he exists in that game. <laughs> I'll let you know.
1: Yeah, I I didn't read anything about it, so I have no idea what to expect. Cool. Um.
0: Yeah. Uh. I don't know what what's in store for me right now. I've just got a whole bunch of random things going on, but um, I've been trying to read a lot more again because I've gotten out of it for a while. Um. I just finished reading these two graphic novels called um, the uh, the Archer Co. series. So the first book was um, Archer Co. and the Thousand Natural Shocks. And it's basically about like um, this guy who is a performing hypnotist, but he moonlights as a consultant for the rich and powerful. So um, he gets himself into like some some drama and stuff here and there which usually involves a murder of some kind or, you know, something of that, that kind of style. Um, it's very, very good, very intriguing. Um, both books are, um, artwork. And I would also say like the writing style and, and kind of general vibe, um, very akin to Hellboy in that kind of way. Um, So if you're a fan of Hellboy or BPRD, um, check out Archer Co. It's pretty cool. Do that. I'm going to look for more graphic novels to read since I just finished that one last night. So that's that's my thing. I'm going to look for that. And anytime Joseph goes to take a poop where he's away from his computer, I'm going to log into Baldur's Gate and then play... Until his poop is finished.
1: Just just get the game. Like, why would you start a character on there on a game that's gonna take like two hundred hours to beat if you just if you could just buy the game?
0: Because you bought it and it costs money. Yeah, I bought it. Yeah. For me to play yeah, it cost with you, my money. It costs <laughs> too much money. And, and you gotta poop eventually. And and at some point you know, will uh, fall asleep, well, regardless of what you think. You will sleep. I don't know about that. Yeah. Not while I'm playing Ball Gate well, 3. Uh, if you don't sleep, eventually you'll die. And then I can play all the Baldur's Gate I want.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Wait till I die from lack of sleep.
0: <laughs> exactly. And then,
1: oh, hey, you know what else? Like I'm going to be playing soon. Also, like I've been playing grounded with my yeah. uh, nieces and my brother and we're, we're almost done with it. Like we've almost beaten wow. it. So once we wrap that up we're going to start playing uh, Star Wars, The Old Republic, the MMO. Oh, wow. Together. And yeah, it's an old one, but it's still like apparently decent. And there's been so much added to it. I'm sure, but it's like more of a casual one where if like we couldn't get into like World of Warcraft or whatever, just because it would just be too much of a time sink. Yeah, because there's just so much to do and whatever to to stay competitive or what have you. But with this one, it's like the four of us can do like the entire game together as long as we're not trying to do like the end game rating, which I never cared about anyway in any MMO. Right. So we can just go through it and have fun.
0: Yeah, that sounds cool, man. What kind of characters do you get to make?
1: No, I mean you can make Jedi like um either the ones who are more saber users or ones who are more force users okay. or you can make uh, uh if you're on the light side, you can make smugglers, you can make um uh troopers if you're on the dark side you can make bounty hunters and uh, imperial agents
0: cool yep that sounds fun do you know what you guys are going to make or have you even thought about that yet
1: we haven't looked too much into that yet but i think i'm going to be the healer and my brother's going to be the tank just so the girls don't have to worry yeah. about doing any they of that they can do whatever they, just they do want DPS. yeah yeah cool
0: well, that sounds fun man Yeah, it'll be a good time. That is the best way to spend family time together is slaying stuff together in a video game. Exactly. There you go. Uh, (laughs) Well, everybody, thank you uh, for our theme song, Mr. Lance Conrad. Uh, It's called Rebels of Our Own Kind. If you enjoyed this episode and our show altogether, let us know by throwing us a rating and writing a review wherever you're able to do so. Or you can also uh, share it and make some little snips with a pair of scissors, cut some clips out, share those on social media. You can find us on all of the social medias at HQ. Uh, We are definitely on some more than others. Twitter is X now. I don't think we're going to be on X that much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can visit our uh, website at NerdSlot.com where you can learn more about us and uh, keep up to date with what we're working on you can also find a link to our merch store there and info about our Discord community, which is very active and where we spend the majority of our time instead of on social media. You can also get a link to our Patreon, where you'll find hundreds of hours of bonus content from all the various Nerd Sloth projects over the years. And that's about it. My name's Chris. I'm Joseph. And uh, get uncomfortable and, and do something. Take your shirt off in the heat. Wise words. <laughs>